forces are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. I think you're going to like today's show. We're not only highlighting some top races from Oaklawn Park, but we've got some top guests to boot. First guest will be a gentleman who is no stranger to anybody that ever picked up a daily racing form or was serious about their handicapping. The one, the only, Andy Beyer will be with us this evening. He'll be with us in the first segment. We're going to talk a little bit about the development of uh, the buyer figures. If uh, Some people wonder how they get them from everywhere, from Beulah to Belmont and how he came up with the formula. And then we'll just talk to Andy about his handicapping strategies in general. And uh, if we have time, maybe pick his brain about what he's seen in the three-year-old races that are going to lead us to the road to the roses. And then a guest that I want to get on for a while, I haven't had the chance to, uh, Mary Rampolini, and she is the beat writer for the Daily Racing Forum out at Oaklawn Park. And if you're a serious handicapper, you're going to want to be out there, and there'll be some multiple races that you can bet in there, all graded races, starting in the 8th. It's the grade 2 Azari that drew in close hatches, a millionaire trained by Bill Mott. Uh, then you've got a well-matched group going in the Razorback Handicap, uh, and that is a grade three. And, of course, the one that's going to get the most attention, without a doubt, is the Rebel that's going to bring you some top Kentucky Derby points, and it is a rematch of the Southwest Stakes uh, between Tapature, Strong Mandate, and Ride on Curl. And, again, Mary Rampolini. And Andy Beyer will be joining us. Hope you've been pulling down your easy win forms off winning ponies. Uh, pulled a few uh, winners off uh, earlier in the week. Beulah Park on Monday, they wiped the place out. Over $4,500 in winners from winning ponies. And, of course, uh, they did well at Mountaineer back on Monday. They pulled down a super for 261 plus. And over at uh, Louisiana Downs had a... $222 super winner. Those are just results from earlier in the week. I could read them all, but we'd run out of time. Well, it's time for the Hall of Fame finalists to be selected, and this is going to be a very interesting voting group. I think this one's a uh, uh, no-brainer. Two-time Horse of the Year Curlin is nominated, and Steve Asmussen, who saddled him to nine group or graded stakes wins, uh, is also a finalist in the National Museum of Racing's Hall of Fame battle. Uh, four jockeys, two trainers, compromised the ten finalists on the ballot. Uh, the candidates are um, the late Chris Antley, Garrett Gomez, Craig Perret, and Alex Solis. In the thoroughbreds, Ashado, Curlin, Kona Gold, and Extra Heat. And along with trainer Asmussen is Gary Jones. Of course, uh, Kona Gold was a top sprinter, and they are uh, first-time finalists, they hope. And uh, the voting will take place on Friday, April 25th. Uh, sad to say the career that uh, ended the wrong way for Chris Antley. Maybe he can, life can still be celebrated. Uh, he 
retired with purse earnings of over $92 million, and uh, he was the leading North American rider by wins in 1985. Two-time Derby winner, won the run for the Roses with Strike the Gold in 91, and who will forget, Charismatic in 1991. He also won the Preakness, and then, of course, there was the sad breakdown in the, um, the Belmont Stakes. Garrett Gomez, I certainly hope he resurfaces soon. He's won over 3,700 races and has purse earnings of $205 million. Uh, he won the Eclipse Award for Outstanding Jockey in 2007 and 2008 and topped the earnings mark from 2006 through 2009. <clears throat> Craig Parekh, got to go back a little while. He won $113 million. Won the Eclipse Award for Outstanding Jockey in 1990. And before that, way back in 67, he was the leading apprentice. And people remember his derby win with Unbridled. And he won the Belmont with that twice. Alex Solis has won over 4,900 races, earnings of $234 million. He's won 321 graded stakes race. He won the Preakness with Snow Chief back in 1986. Well, we won't go uh, through all of the credentials of the horses, but uh, Ashado, who uh, ended up earning $3.9 million, she was the champion three-year-old female in 2004, an older female in 2005. Of course, Curlin, who's turned out to be a pretty good stud, won 11 of his 16 career starts for over $10 million, surpassing the great cigar. Uh, Kona Gold again uh, was a, you know won the Eclipse Award for Champion Sprinter and won over 2.2 million dollars. Was runner-up for Horse of the Year in 2000. Uh, Five-time Breeders' Cup participant Kona Gold was made out of hickory. And Extra Heat won 26 of 35 career starts for winners of over 2.2. $3 million. Of course, Steve Asmussen, you knew one day he was going to make it to the Hall of Fame. All the votes aren't in yet, uh, but uh, his horses have won over $214 million. He broke Jack Van Berg's record. And uh, Gary Jones uh, has won over $52 million. Uh, his career spanned from 1975 to 1996. So those are the Hall of Fame nominees. Now, late breaking news. This just came out. About four hours ago, uh, shared belief is confirmed off the Kentucky Derby Trail. Uh, uh, Hall of Fame trainer Jerry Hollendorf said that uh, last year's champion male shared belief will not contest the bluegrass as he had expected. He's officially off the Kentucky Derby Trail. Um, and he hasn't worked since January 3rd due to a foot ailment. Right now he's stabled at Golden Gate Fields. Uh, he's owned by uh, Jim Rome as one in a partnership with Jason Litt and Alex Solis II. And uh, I really think it's kind of interesting. Hollendorfer gave a great quote. He said, I never had the horse on the Derby Trail anyhow. The media had him on the Derby Trail. When me and my owners discussed this way back when we got the horse, we were never concerned about getting to the Derby. And what you have to remember is that shared belief is a gelding, so winning the Derby really doesn't enhance him as an individual all that much, although I'm sure the people that have candy ride would like to have him win it. And uh, he, he's still going to be around. Hollendorfer has the El Camino Real Derby winner. Uh, Tamarondo is a derby prospect. Uh, he's pointed towards the uh, spiral stakes 
at Turfway Park. Well, yesterday was supposed to be the uh, uh, big day for Honor Code, but instead it was a huge day for a horse by the name of Social Inclusion, who just stole the show, cruised to a 10-length victory over Honor Code, and in doing so, set a track record, uh, shaved just by .03, but nonetheless, uh, this is going to be a horse that you're going to watch. Honor Code was making his first start since beating Cairo Prince in the grade two Remsen back in November. Of course, he lost some training. Even Shug McGay said about social inclusion, that horse is a freak. <laughs> and he said uh, of his own horse, I'm disappointed he didn't win, but not disappointed in the race. Obviously, he'd been off a long time and had missed some trainer. It uh, looks like uh, he may possibly go to the Florida Derby or more likely with a little more time in between races, uh, go to the Wood Memorial. Manny Aspera trained social inclusion. He's a son of Pioneer of the Nile. And he's not sure where he's going to go. He's not telling every, anybody. He just says, well, uh, every, everything is on the table. So uh, we'll just take it one step at a time. Uh, so it would be very interesting. We've got more stars. Uh, we've got some not going in the Derby and some that are going to be in the Derby. One that won't be in the Derby was another horse that uh, Suge was thinking might get there that put in a, a big race. Uh, in his last one, and that is Top Billing, who was knocked off the Derby Trail with a cracked cannon bone. Uh, he had run three times at Gulfstream Park, finishing second in allowance before capturing an optional allowance and ran a strong third against a speed bias in the Fountain of Youth. Uh, the good news is that everything went perfectly with his surgery, and they're saying that there's a chance that, that he may be back in training and may be back even within four months, which would be great news. So uh, Shug McGahey would be interesting. He got that derby fever after winning with Orb uh, last last year. Wise Dan, he continues to work uh, towards a comeback at Keeneland. Uh, he's been training very well for trainer Chuck Lopresti, and it looks like uh, he's going to try to make a, uh, a start at Keeneland in their spring meet. He's not really sure which race he may go in, but it's good to see him back in training. And uh, uh, the Hernandez family continues to uh, grab some headlines. Colby Hernandez got her 1,000th career win Saturday night at Delta Downs. So I still say that uh, we've got to get her together with uh, her brother Brian Hernandez and their dad Brian and uh, sister Courtney uh, and get a family affair going against the, uh, the, the Davis family back in New York. Um, here's an interesting one. P-Val wants to come back to the track. Only this time he just wants to come back as an exercise rider. Of course, he was suspended back in February 7th. Somehow he has a problem meeting with track stewards and following directions. He says, I'm not going to ride professionally. I just want to get a license to be able to work in the industry. Uh, the 51-year-old Valenzuela, as you know, has a history of substance abuse and personal issues. And he said, if not coming back as a uh, exercise rider, he may want to come back as a trainer. That would be very interesting. But you got to get a license to get on the track before any of that happens. All right, well, let's go back now and take a, a look at some of the top races that we handicapped last week. Of course, the big story, the Santa Anita handicap, and I have to admit, as many of you out there, 
uh, you had to be a little bit surprised that game on dude was as game as he was. Watching the race, he put in very solid fractions uh, quicker than he has in a lot of his winning efforts. But Mike Smith uh, just had a, a ton of horse. A game on dude lasted over a very uh, solid finishing. Will take charge, but game on dude in control the whole way. Uh, it was just a fantastic celebration coming back to the crowd in Santa Anita where game on dude has now won eight of his uh, 11 starts there. Um, even, even Bob Baffert had a tear in his eye after the race. Uh, it was just a great celebration. The crowd got into it. So congratulations to the seven-year-old warrior. Game on, dude. Becomes the first horse to win the Santa Anita Handicap three times. And then we looked at the San Felipe with Brad Free. And in this race, it looks like we got a legitimate California bred in California Chrome. He and Midnight Hawk kind of pulled away from the rest of the field. Uh, as uh, stated that evening, I think that Midnight Hawk might have uh, questions about his pedigree as far as distance, if he thinks he's going to be going a mile and a quarter. But I'll tell you what, uh, California Chrome hasn't done anything wrong his last three races, and he may be the real deal. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see, of course, uh, Bay Yearn, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right, they had to miss the race. He'll go to Santa Anita Derby or to Oaklawn. And then down at the Tampa Bay Derby, Graham Motion. You can never throw one of his horses out. Ring weekend. Went to the front and showed his heels to the field. Uh, he tried to steal it, and he did. Um, uh, Dan Centeno, the five-time Tampa Bay riding champ, was on top. Second was Vince Ramos. And third was the two Surfing USA. Conquest Titan, the favorite never did make his late rally. Well, that was a look at the races we handicapped last week. Right now, really looking forward to our next guest, a legend in the field of thoroughbred racing, the one and the only Andy Beyer. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me is Andy Beyer. If you've uh, ever picked up a daily racing form, have had any interest in racing, you've, you've heard the name Andy Beyer, and you certainly have uh, used what's called his Beyer figures. Uh, he, uh, back in the early 70s, he was working for the Washington Daily News, and he did extensive work on the concept of speed figures. Uh, he, he wrote books. Uh, I remember my $60,000 year at the races, and I believe picking winners are somewhere on my bookshelf. Uh, the good thing is I never had to buy one of Andy's books because my brother Bob always beat me to it, so I would just steal them from Bob after he was done. But uh, I won't go through his accolades because I want to get to the man himself. Andy Beyer, how you doing this evening? Hey, John, I'm, uh, very well. Um, Andy, you, you I must say, it must be nice knowing that in your life you're going to uh, take with you a, a legacy. I mean, uh, on, your, on your gravestone, is it going to say Andy Beyer? Yes, that Andy Beyer? <laughs> I, I'm not sure what it will say. I, I, would like, I, I would like somebody to chisel, he beat the game. Uh, uh, <laughs> but I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly gratified by the, the you know, the the re- recognition that the figures have gotten. Uh, well, because <coughs> when I started, you're out, recognized by every legitimate writer across the country. Uh, certainly, the, the daily racing form. It doesn't matter what section you go to. Every week, uh, they're picking up. You know, the the best buyer on the turf, the best buyer for the three year olds, the best buyer uh, for Florida bred. Now, uh, we we a lot of our listeners are, are gamblers and are familiar with your figures, but some might just be getting turned on to the sport. Can you explain to them kind of the evolution of the buyer figure and, and if, if it's changed somewhat over the years? You know, the, the, the basic uh, concept, uh, you know, has, has not changed. I mean, that, that, uh, that, that how fast horses run is, you know, is the best way to measure their ability. I mean, when I came around, everybody was a class handicapper. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we don't have enough time for me to talk about all the, you know, the nuts and bolts of, of, of calculating the figures. But, uh, you know, they, uh, I was based on simply how fast a horse ran and, uh, how fast the racing surface uh, was that he he performed over, and you know the figures enabled you to compare performances at different distances as well, and everything was distilled into a single number. Uh, you know when when I started doing uh, doing this, I was widely viewed as a crackpot because speed handicapping you know was 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 so unfashionable. Uh, and, you know, that, 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 that's the main reason that, that I've been so gratified by the, uh, you know, kind of the acceptance of the figures and the fact that, you know, a lot, you know, so, you know so many people in the, in the racing uh, business, you know, view them now as a, uh, you know, as a, 
you know, an important barometer of horses' ability because uh, years ago, uh, you know, the the figs didn't have that kind of uh, respect. Well, Andy, you're only one man. Um, I don't understand. How do I get from the same day a buyer figure from Beulah Park and a buyer figure from Belmont Park? Um, we well, first I should say that contrary to what a lot of people you know might think, none of this is is automated. I mean, there's no I, there's no sort of algorithm or uh, computer programming uh, that's spitting out the figures. I mean. It, Every, you know every number that you know uh, appears in, in the racing form, uh, you know, has had you know has been calculated by a by a living, breathing human being, and uh, you know who has thought about it, and uh, you know, and you know, and you know, and, and and overseen you know the 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 day's results. I have a partner, Mark Hopkins, who lives in Miami and Saratoga Springs. We have five employees around the country, and everybody uh, is uh, you know has, has certain tracks for for which they're responsible, and they uh, you know after doing their cal- after everybody does their daily calculations and you know I think everybody still uses pencil and paper then you enter the then we enter the the figure for the uh, the winner of the race uh, into the computer system and and the all, all the all the also rants are automatically calculated according to a formula but uh, uh, you know the with you know having people look at the you know at the the dope uh you know prevent you know prevents uh, you know figures you know you know from being published that just don't make sense i mean because sometimes for whatever for one reason or another faulty timers or a change in the racetrack if you just you know did a totally mechanical uh calculation of figures you know you'd get numbers that were so outlandish that they you know they would you know destroy our credibility and i think even though everybody loves to second guess the figures it's oh this track is too high this track is too low i mean this figure is a little higher low you know basically no you know n- nobody lo- can re- look at our numbers and say this is just Outlandish! It can't be right, uh, and that's because a you know a person has already done that looking. Well, Andy, do you find that um, is there a, a type of race like as the quality of the races get better? Uh, is is there a, a feeling that you're more secure in your number versus a five thousand dollar claiming race? No, not not really. Uh, I, you know, I mean, I, uh, you know, during the winter, I mean, Tampa Bay is my main track, and uh, I, I feel uh, I feel very comfortable with you know, like maiden eighty five hundred dollar claimers. Uh, uh, to, to me, the the main the the, the main difference, uh, or you know, if you're looking for you know the strengths and weakness of, of, of figures, uh, figures on on dirt. Are are just are just more dependable than figures on grass uh, because they're just uh, you know they're you know just a, a lot of 
a lot of elements in turf racing that uh, you know that may, you know make make precise calculations a, a little bit difficult. I mean, they, you know, having the, the different rail settings on the same day, and also the, you know, the, the in turf racing you get so many slow-paced races uh, that are sufficiently slow as to, uh, you know, as to affect the final time. So, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we have to use a little more creative creativity in our, uh, making our turf figures and a little more subjectivity. But, uh, uh, so that, that's why I, I've always, I've always preferred betting on, on the dirt. You had an interesting article in the Washington Post recently, uh, about the run-up distances. Uh, how would this affect your figure? Obviously, if you're going to give me a, a nice 200-foot head start, when I finally, when that clocker finally hits his button, I'm going to have a heck of a lot more speed than somebody that had a 60-foot run-up. Yeah, you know the the the, 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 the aspect of handicapping that is affected by the run-ups most is not so much the final time, but uh, but but the pace and the early fractions. And you know the classic example uh, would be Churchill Downs six furlong races versus say Pimlico six furlong races. You know Churchill, uh, you know you're always seeing those twenty one and change fractions even for less for lesser horses, and that's because they have like a ninety or a hundred foot run up. Uh, uh, at, at Pimlico, there's almost no room uh, to push the gate back, you know, from the from the six furlong starting point. Uh, so they start almost at the pole, and uh, you know, like a, a, a quarter and twenty three flat is uh, uh, you know, you know, is, is a very good effort. So that, that's I, I think that's the area where people most have to be uh, aware of the impact of run ups. Uh, you know, that's a, you know if, when you're looking at pace. Well, Andy, while I have you, and while it's this time of the year, you may have heard me mention the, the Tampa Bay Derby, the San Felipe, or uh, soon we're going to be handicapping the Rebel here on the show. Uh, can you give me two or three three-year-olds that you think have uh, some upside coming? Well, I, you know, I was certainly, uh, you know, as a, let's say, as a figure guy, I was uh, very dubious about a lot of the uh, the horses who were being billed as leaders of the generation, because you know, when horses are running figures in the low to mid nineties and uh, and are being touted as Derby uh, contenders, you know, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical, uh, you know. I, you know, I like the way California Chrome ran, and his figure was outstanding. A uh, hundred seven. Uh, uh, my my only my my main reservation about him is that uh, that I thought the rail was very good at Santa Anita that day. I mean, helping both uh, both him and uh, and Game on Dude. So I want to see him do it one more time. And I'm. Uh, I, you know, I'm giving a uh, let's say I'm I'm giving a hard look to strong mandate. I think he's going to win at Oakland Saturday, and uh, uh, you know, and and really thrust himself in, into the mix. I, you know, D. Wayne Lucas 
is on the upswing. Uh, you know, strong mandate in his in his three year old debut had just a, a brutal trip. So uh, uh, I, I, I would I would keep an eye on him. One one last uh, horse I want to ask you about since it's pretty fresh news. And that is social inclusion. That was an awesome race yesterday. It, it was, uh, you know, I, he, he, okay, he did. It, it was a field of five, you know, he, uh, not much pace in the race, you know, so, so, you know, the, the circumstances were good for him. Still, figure of 111 in the second, in your second career start is pretty impressive. I'll tell you, the, <laughs> I'll tell you, the, the, the best not, thing not that could bad happen. at all. Hello. Well, uh, Andy, I, I can't uh, th- thank you enough for for being on with us. As again, I, I've been I've been a fan for a long time. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've read every book that you've put out. By any chance, do you have any new books coming out? No, I think I've shot my watch, John. <laughs> <laughs> They can just read your columns and know that they, your figures stand for what they are. You're, you're a made man, Andy. Well, thank you. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've been listening to the legendary Andy Beyer. Coming up, we're going to go to Hot Springs, Arkansas, beautiful little town, and going to have a series of great races this week at Oak Lawn Park. And Mary Rampolini is going to be helping us pick some winners. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. 
All right, and with me coming up is Mary Rampolini. She's a correspondent and handicapper for the Daily Racing Forum. She started working with them back in 96, so uh, she kind of covers the, the western part of the country. She's a native of Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, she grew up in a racing family. Uh, her father, Ralph Rampolini, was the racing manager for some big outfits. Uh, he worked for Nelson Bunker Hunt back in the 80s, and, man, that's when Nelson Bunker Hunt had a slew of horses. I guess Ralph broke a crop of 100 to 120 yearlings for him each year back at Hunt's Training Center in North Texas. And uh, Ralph also later served as the racing manager for a huge outfit, uh, trainer John Franks. And uh, Mary right now is based in the Hot Springs, Arkansas, Grand Prairie, Texas. She covers Oaklawn, Lone Star, as well as uh, other tracks in Louisiana, Texas, and Oklahoma. Mary Rampolini, welcome to Winning Ponies. Hi, John. Thank you. Nice to be with you tonight. Now, um, how'd you get from Hartford to uh, where you are now? <laughs> That's a good question. Growing up in a racing family, it's not not uh, not uh, out of the ordinary to uh, to to travel a lot, and it had a lot to do with positions that my father had, and so it kind of migrated uh, towards Kentucky, and that led to the position uh, that you mentioned uh, with Nelson Bunker Hunt, who who lived in the Dallas area and had a very large training center in North Texas, so that's where actually he developed. Uh, a lot of horses, and then they were sent actually out to Europe and around the country to race. So Mr. Hunt's young horses were primarily based in North Texas uh, for many, many years before there was even racing in Texas. Now, did you ever uh, get tempted to uh, join your dad and, and getting on horseback and, and breaking babies, or did he try to keep you away from it in one piece? Well, racing is a very dangerous game, and I and I think he he protected us that way. But I did have the opportunity to learn the business from him. He did have me work in the barn as a hot walker, and eventually a groom, and a shed foreman, and an assistant. So I could understand uh, racing and uh, from the ground up, really. Well, that that helps so much uh, when when you're uh, become a writer in the situation that you're in. Can I ask you, how, how did you break into the daily racing form? Um, actually, uh, uh, folks had recommended me to it. They were looking for someone in, in that market and uh, had, had made some inquiries. And uh, Richard Glover uh, was a gentleman that was with uh, the publicity department at Lone Star Park. And I guess the, a call was made to them and he had... Uh, recommended me because I was doing freelance work in that market at that time for the Fort Star Telegram. Well, I, I've told people over the years that, um, of course, I, I grew up kind of near Saratoga, and I tell them to put that on their bucket list. And since then, I've been to a <laughs> unique track by the name of Kentucky Downs, and I think that's one that you need to go to. But uh, I was lucky. My, my my son, Pat, when he was younger, about 12 years old, we were friends with uh, uh, Jackie John McKee, who started out in this area, and John had us out as guests. And I just fell in love with Hot Springs. Can you describe to our uh, audience kind of what Hot Springs is like during the racing season? Sure. Well, I can tell you when I first came to Oaklawn Park uh, and, and arrived on the grounds for the very first time, you can really feel uh, the tradition of the racetrack, and you just know that some spectacular horses have run over that surface. It's just in the air. It's the tradition that you get at certain tracks like Saratoga and Churchill Downs 
So that was a very different feeling than some of the newer, younger generation tracks that I cover. And that was kind of exciting. The town of Hot Springs, the population is about 35,000. But on Arkansas Derby Day, there will be about 65,000 at the racetrack. <laughs> so that, that kind of gives you a barometer of how popular and important the racing industry is uh, to Hot Springs. But it's a lively little town when the meet's on, a fabulous little town. And everyone around town knows what's, down, what's going down at the track. You have to really, really respect the public here for that. They, they know who's in the fifth race, and they know who's the favorite. Well, an individual I know that you know well, Terry Wallace, once told me an anecdote that I thought was great. He said, you know, I've been at tracks uh, or, or cities with tracks around the country, and when you went, like, to a restaurant or something and they found out you were at the racetrack, you, get, you got a seat next to the restroom. He said, in Hot Springs, <laughs> you get the seat by the front door. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. Yeah, it's really a wonderful town that has embraced, um, embraced the race, the racing and uh, with good reason. There's been a lot of really good horses come out of Oak Lawn, uh, go on to make an impact uh, in Triple Crown races and later on in the year in the Breeders' Cup. Well, speaking of which, we'll segue right into what's going to be one of the biggest races in the country uh, this week if you're following the Derby Trail, and that is the 54th running of the Rebel. And... Uh, as a matter of fact, I see my friend John McKee's got a mount in there on JetCap, but I think all eyes are going to be on the top three finishers coming out of the Southwest. Caperture, who I thought was eye-popping in there. A strong mandate. Uh, if you were on the line, you just heard Andy Byer say that uh, he's expecting a big effort out of this horse after uh, he kind of uh, had uh, trouble in the Southwest. And I think he ran on well through the lane. And the other horse will be right on Curlin, who uh, may have been used just a little bit earlier than he wanted to in that race. It's interesting to get a jockey switch to, uh, to Kent DeSormo. They seem to be the, the three stars in the race. Uh, Kobe's back, of course. Uh, John Sadler's having a very good season. He's going to come in from the West Coast. I'm just kind of setting the table here. Uh, tell me kind of what order or what you've seen or what you've heard about those horses. Sure. Um, well, like you said, I think eye-popping was a good word to describe Tapiture's performance. He, he was very powerful, very dominant in the um, Southwest, and he's a horse that you know, has a reason to move forward. That was his first start of the year, even May fall. So there's a lot going forward, I think, with Tapiture. He's trained very well since that race. He, he's a high-energy, good-feeling horse, beautiful moving horse. It seems to fit the oak lawn surface and the track configuration very well. So there's a lot to like there with Tapature. Tactical speed makes him appealing. Um, and as Andy Byer said, as far as strong mandate, he had, he had a very demanding, uh, challenging kind of trip in the southwest. So we're probably going to see the uh, maybe the, the difference in lengths. Uh, Tapature won by about four lengths over strong mandate last time. That's that maybe will close in a little bit. Things will change. Strong mandate should really also uh, take a nice step forward with a clean trip. Right yeah, I think on that he's really got him on his class. toes there. You know, that February 25th champagne. workout, uh, the best of uh, 31 at the distance. So it looks like Dean Wayne, Dean Wayne's kind of ranking him up a little bit for this. Say that again, John. I'm sorry. 
Um, the, the, the February 25th workout was pretty impressive, best of 31, and I know he probably had 31 pretty nice horses out there. Uh, for <laughs> this three-year-old, it looks like, uh, I wonder if D. Wayne's trying to put just a little more speed in this horse so he doesn't have to deal with trouble. Oh, strong mandate. Well, it's good. He does have natural speed to get up out of, up out of trouble, like you said. What's good about this race, John, is there were 12 horses in the southwest, there's eight entered back for the um, for the Rebels, so perhaps there'll be a little bit less traffic to deal with. And um, John McKee's mount, Jet Cat, is cross-entered in the allowance on Sunday, so there's potential that there could be seven starters in the gate by the time the Rebel rolls around. I don't know what direction the connections are going with that at this point in time. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, his, his tactical speed will, will keep him up out of trouble. Uh, if he does... Uh, sit off the pace a little more. At least he won't have to weave in himself through a big field. Well, uh, trainer John Sadler's doing very well on the West Coast, and uh, I've got to think that he's uh, trying to cash in on some derby points. He's bringing in the uh, San Vicente impressive winner, um, Kobe's back. Uh, what have you heard from this horse? I see he's coming out of a solid work at, at, uh, at uh, Santa Anita. Uh, he he could be the fly in the ointment here because uh, he hasn't matched strides with the horses coming out of the Southwest. Yeah, he's a new yes, he's a new face. Definitely, he's an interesting horse. Um, trainer John Sadler said this week that, that they want to get him back around two turns. He had run in a cash call, but he clipped heels very badly. He said the horse almost went down, but really, it's not a true indicator in any sense of his uh, potential for being a good two-turn horse. So it'll be interesting to see you know, how this horse comes back and runs around two turns off such a big win at 7-8. And I did see a, a bit of him training this morning, and it uh, looks like a beautiful horse. I look forward to getting a look at him again tomorrow. Uh, he shipped in Wednesday uh, from Southern California to Oakland. All right. Well, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm wondering if there's a red flag here. Uh, you, you can tell me we've got a little bit of musical jockeys going on, not that all, even though it looks like a fair trade. I see that Calvin Burrell, who rode right on Curlin third in the southwest, has decided to stick with street strategy, a horse who just broke its maiden but did it impressively for trainer Randy Morse. Uh, what do you think about that, uh, that rider switch there or the choice of Calvin? Well, I think Calvin... Um has really been impressed with street strategy and that he, uh, he's been working the horse and, uh, he rode the horse's sire to, to win the Kentucky Derby and see some similarities in antics and other things in personality in street strategy, uh, as a, you know, compared to his father's street sense. So I think that's a special thing. And, um, you know, right on Curlin, I think he, he, he merits a lot of consideration as well. He's a more experienced horse in street strategy. And uh, so I, I think the horses are, you know, um, both of quality. Well, you talked about a good-looking horse, and, and Kobe's back. i got to guess street strategy doesn't look too bad himself. Uh, went <laughs> through the ring, $425,000. And, yeah, like you said, uh, Calvin rode his daddy to a win in the Kentucky Derby, so <laughs> it, it might uh, bring back memories of, of days of uh, 
of old. But the Rebel is going to be a very interesting race. Uh, you stated a good case for several of the horses. Uh, as impressive as Tapature was, he better have his running shoes on because uh, he's not going to be alone in what could be kind of a small field. But I'm really looking forward to the Rebel. Well, uh, I'm also looking forward to a couple other well-matched races with some question marks in them, and that's the Azari and the Razorback Handicap. We're going to take a little bit of a break right here. We're talking with Mary Rampanelli from the Daily Racing Forum. She's covering Oak Lawn Park. So after the break, we're going to be back and handicap those other two races. You're listening to Winning Ponies. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me is Mary Rampolini from the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, I think she's a uh, displaced, good Italian girl that ended up out out west out there. And we're we're, we're talking about uh, Oaklawn Park, and we're also talking about about Hot Springs. And uh, I asked Mary earlier to kind of describe w- what it's like out there, but it really, for me, it was like taking a step back in time, in that. Uh, the way this, the, the, the town is laid out with, with that one main street with a lot of structures that look like they were built a million years ago, and you really do in the town center have a hot springs where people pull up their pickup trucks and fill up humongous gallons of great spring water. Yeah, it literally is a step back in time, and, and all of the history, you know, it really makes it a great town. There is a lot of history there, and there used to be spring training Browns for a lot of great uh, baseball teams, and so there's just a lot of pictures, uh, old pictures at some of the museum areas that are very interesting and such. 
I, I thought it was pretty neat to see people pulling up. There's this huge uh, kind of fountain, and you, you literally, as if you fill up your glass or your gallon jug, or I saw people bring those, you know, great big water uh, cooler uh, plastics. Yes. Um, you, you actually feel the warmth of the spring water coming out there, and man, does that stuff taste good. And they say it's really good for your skin. I, I probably should, should get myself down there and get some. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was there, uh, they said they were going to reopen a lot of... We, we went through one that was like kind of a closed down. Uh, mm-hmm. It was kind of a Saratoga, that area where people would go there for health reasons. And they said that right. they were going to start opening up more of those spas that actually uh, gave the hot spring treatment. Uh, has that happened? Yes, they do, actually. They do have some nice areas that does that do offer all those services uh, tied to the spas like that. Well, what's neat, too, is as you go down Main Street, for anybody that does make the trip out there, and I advise you do, it's like pretty much you get to the end of the Main Street, and you just go a couple blocks, and there's the track. <laughs> I mean, it's not like <laughs> hard to find or anything like that in Hot Springs. And it tells you racing's priority in town, huh? <laughs> Well, uh, in in Hot Springs, again, there's going to be a lot of uh, of big races this week. And uh, we're tying in, uh, well, the 8th, 9th, 10th. We're kind of started out with the last race. Uh, The Rebel, I'm sure, will be, uh, you know, combined uh, wagers as far as uh, pick threes and pick fours and things like that. So uh, here's a race, uh, the Azari, named after the great mayor. It's the 28th running. We'll be going a mile and a sixteenth. This is for fillies and mares. And uh, while it drew together a, a not the biggest field, certainly a lot of talent in there. And actually, a couple question marks. And, and uh, the talented question marks for me that stand out are number one, Phil Mott showing up with close hatches. Uh, number two, Gary Hartlich showing up with on fire baby. And another horse uh, from the Kenny McPeak barn that's won over 400000 Flashy American. The question is, all of these horses are making their 2014 debut. Mary Rampolini, you got any inside information our listeners can use? Who's the most ready, right? Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, looking at the race a little bit, um, trainer Bill Mott said earlier this week that close hatches was Coming in here, one of the reasons they chose the Aziri was if she were to like the track, they would have the option of coming back for the Apple Blossom. That's a $600,000 race for fillies and mares at Oakland on April 11th. So this, this race, obviously, is the local prep for the Apple Blossom. So that's one of the reasons they came, they came down in here. I think her class alone, you know, is, is, makes her very interesting. She's coming off a runner-up finish to champion beholder in the Breeders' Cup Distaff. She's worked very well down at Payson Park, and I think that um, she doesn't have a lot of pace competition in this race. On Fire Baby also has some speed, but Close Hatches has a chance, I think, to just steal away. So she may have a real tactical advantage, and when you couple that with her class, I, I do think she's the one to beat in here. And that's not to discount anybody, because it's a very strong field. But On Fire Baby also is coming off a layoff, and like you, you mentioned, so many are. But uh, Close Hatches is coming out of, obviously, the strongest race in that she exits the Breeders' Cup Distaff. So she's coming out of the ultimate race for her division and was second in it. 
Uh, well, uh, the horses uh, that, uh, you know, could be an upsetter, uh, certainly Don't Tell Sophia is, is a horse that absolutely loves Hot Springs. She's made six starts, never been off the board with four victories, and uh, certainly a mile and a 16th fits her very well. Uh, four of her seven victories have been at a mile and a 16th. She may be the hometown hope in here. Yeah, she's, she's definitely uh, not only uh, she's a real favorite around here because of her record, as you just mentioned, and she's She's a big, uh, big, big friendly mare, and just has a lot of likable personality about her. And then she's a winner. Um, she's she's a mare that comes off the pace, and I'm not sure how this will set up for her, John. To be honest with you, she's going to get enough pace in here, so that's kind of one of the questions facing her. Um, but like you mentioned, with so many coming off a layout, maybe some of them are going to run pretty fresh. Well, certainly, on fire baby is no stranger. She won. The Apple Blossom uh, last year, recording a 102 buyer in wire-to-wire fashion. So it'll be interesting if Gary Hartledge has her wound up to uh, uh, show her heels to the fields. But I have to agree with you. Close hatches, if if you're a fan of class handicapping, in my opinion, is the one to be. Well, let's close in on our final race here with Mary Rampolini from the Daily Racing Forum, and that's a race with a lot of history, 55 runnings of the Razorback Handicap, grade three going a mile and a 16th, and it looks like what's probably the prep for this race, the Essex Handicap, the top two finishers and only a half a length separating them are going to be in this race in Right to Vote and Street Spice, um, then you've got uh, a guy that you've heard of somewhere in the racing form by the name of Todd Pletcher, who uh, ships up from Gulfstream Park with Jose Lescano on a horse by the name of Golden Lad. And a mystery horse here is Governor Charlie, the horse with a long layoff after the Preakness, came back and ran second in the Strew. Bob Baffert ships in from Santa Anita. What a mix-max bunch you got here, Mary. I think this is a very competitive race, John. I, I agree with you. I think you could go a lot of different ways in the Razorback. And I, I really, dissecting this field, uh, I like the horse Majestic City because Fury Cap Corey was scheduled to come in. And I think if he would have come in, he would have been a strong favorite in this race. So the best I could surmise was Majestic City ran third to him last time. Didn't have his normal trip. He was well off the pace. He normally sits much closer to the pace than he did in that race. So I, I, that was kind of the direction I went in. But I think you can make a case from, for most of the horses in this field. So it, it's really a great race. It's the local prep now for the Oakland Handicap. And that's really what a lot of Saturday is about. This is the first time they put the three graded stakes on a singular card to create a preview day for the end of the meet major stakes, the Arkansas Derby, the Apple Blossom, and the Oakland Handicap. So, you know, it, it's a great day, and I think this is one of the best the best races. If you, especially if you have a strong opinion in there, you're probably going to get a price. Absolutely. I think you are. Well, we've been talking with Mary Rampolini, who's uh, the beat writer out there at Oak Lawn and several other of the tracks kind of out west. Uh, Mary, uh, been wanting to get you on the show for a long time. I-, I thank you very much for being with us. Thank you, John. This was so much fun. Okay. Well, I think we'll have it again. Mary Rampolini from the Daily Racing Forum. Well, I want to also make sure that I thank Andy Beyer for taking time out of his day and giving us some insight into how the buyer figures come to be. 
And let's face it, folks, if they're not an important part of your handicapping, you're not handicapping. Uh, next week, I had an interesting guest lined up, and Lenny Shulman, he's been on the show as a handicapper. As you know, he works for the Blood Horse. He's got a new novel out by the name of Long Way From Home. It's absolutely fantastic, and quite frankly, so is his background. I think you're going to enjoy a visit with Lenny. So thanks again to uh, Mary and Andy, and thanks again to you uh, for tuning in to Winnie Ponies. And remember, we've been knocking them dead at the windows, so get up there and pull down those easy forms because they're bringing home easy winners. Remember, when you or a loved one goes to the racetrack, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.